Welcome to Wrinkled Not Dead. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Mike. We may be over 50, but we're here to prove we're still relevant. We have a lot of real-world advice on confronting the challenges, but having fun getting older. We're wrinkled. Not dead. Hello again, and welcome to episode, say it, 100 <laughs> of Wrinkled Not Dead. I'm Mike Bell. And I'm Jen Bell. Do and you, I no, cannot no, believe can, I, no, 100. Okay. This time I'm going to let you That's a lot. Go. Come on. Well, since April 2016, yeah. we've been doing this. Yeah. And we've had a fun time for every single episode. Too. Absolutely. And I hope that you folks out there have enjoyed the ride as well. If you're a new listener, well, this is episode number 100. You have your homework cut out for you because... You can go back and listen to any of our episodes on the usual suspects, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much everywhere, and uh, and enjoy some of those. We've had some wonderful guests. We've had some, I think, very interesting topics. But what we're all about here is Wrinkled Not Dead is for folks who are pretty much over 50 years of age, although we have quite a following we have a of lot young of, people. Yeah, a lot. We actually have more younger followers. So. I, yeah, I yeah. know. Isn't that bizarre? Uh-huh. Anyway, they, we, we're parental substitutes in some cases, or <laughs> grandparental substitutes Aunts, in uncles. many cases, and uh, that's kind of fun, too. So we're on all the social media things. Oh, wrinklednotdead.com is our blog, and we post things on there, and all of our episodes actually are found there as well. So you can do it that way. Uh, Today we have a special interview. This is interview number two with Dr. Robbie Ludwig, who's the author of Your Best Days Are Now, terrific book. And she's also the uh, national spokesperson for Depend. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Yeah, she's really wonderful. Tell them about our history, because this is absolutely episode number 100. How did we start this? Why did we start this? Well, we've been in uh, TV and radio and all kinds of different stage. advertising. <laughs> we acted on the stage. Yeah. We do corporate Movies. training. We've oh. done films. You you name it, we've done it. And we have a company called Michael Bell Productions. And we ran into a little bit of problem a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when a, a large client passed away, yeah, as it were. And, and also anyway, disappeared we, in many different ways. I mean, Yeah, things, so, things evolved and we're trying sure new did. things now. So now we're trying new things. And the great thing about this, yes, this podcast. platform, our podcast is... No politics, no religion. So we want to try to bring you things that are just interesting. Ins- inspirational. Inspirational, yeah. informative, you name it. Okay, that, and, and fun. Yeah, we and fun. We have a few laughs. Exactly. And no, <laughs> I mean, you we've know... been married for 34 years. We better have a few laughs together. And huh? getting older isn't so bad. No, it's not. So a little guidepost along the way during the show is, um, well... What do we call it? What we learned this week, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What we learned this, what I learned this week, and you did too, because I um, actually, uh, we drove up together to Fountain Valley. We, we, this is uh, being recorded in Southern California. We actually live just right close to San Diego. And um, we need to go to Fountain Valley, which is north of us towards Los Angeles, because Jen has had uh, surgery on her eye again, again, uh, for glaucoma. So the journey is about an hour and, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, but we're never sure how long it's going to be. So we use an app, and you may be familiar with this. If you're not, you may be very interested in what I'm going to tell you about, an app called Waze. Now, if you have a phone, you generally have some sort of mapping app on it. There's, you know, the Google, Google Maps, Maps uh-huh. or or the one that comes with iPhones, all that kind of stuff. And they're fine. They're they're fine. But Waze has a different approach to things. It's kind of relaxed and it's participatory. And this is what I'm going to tell you about. Waze was actually developed in Israel. 
and purchased, yeah, a I couple not, of guys I in Israel. I did not know that. You did not know. But now you're dating yourself. I am. Yeah. Ed McMahon Ed from McMahon. the Johnny Carson <laughs> show. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, you are correct, sir. Great show. Anyway, yeah, we, we digress. I, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's what I mean about the laughs. Those are inside jokes now, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so anyhow, Waze. Yes, back to Waze. So if you have the Waze app, it's free. Uh, it's a very relaxed voice on there. Well, let's get started. We're going to do this, and this is how we're going to get there and all that. It tells you, and just like the other apps, maps out a way to your destination. But you are participating by having the location services on in the Waze app by uh, charting your course and the speed in which you're going. And it shares information from all the other, they're called Wazers, W-A-Z-E-R-S or W-A-Z-E-R-S. Other drivers. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Again, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? Okay. So you share all this information with all these sometimes many thousands of other folks who are driving in that general direction. And what pops up and what really got us was that there's roadkill ahead. I thought, how the heck does it know about roadkill ahead? Well, in the app, you actually can send a report. Now you're saying, well, you, now you've got your phone, you're going to start using your phone. But it says in the small print, if you're going to be a wazer, you should pull over to the side and report it. Well, well I'm sure Nobody that, would do that. I'm sure that happens every time. But anyway, anyhow. So you do, and you know, you have a button that says police ahead, all this kind of stuff. So I'm assuming that the algorithm that Waze is using, if you tap in police activity ahead, it back times it so, you know, maybe a quarter of a mile before that occurs, obviously, or you'd be past the whole thing. So the app is absolutely terrific. I mean, I was kind of apprehensive because I really did like Google Maps, but this is so user-friendly that we keep it on. And that is the secret to its continuing success. Even if you're not using the app, if you keep your location service on, it'll continue to follow your speed and all the rest. And it gets better and better and better and better for you. Like, for example, when I drive over to Bassett Furniture, where one of my jobs is, I go over to Bassett Furniture every day, five days a week, whatever, and it Tell it updates every time, updates every time. And so it now knows if there's a, a problem on the way, it'll redirect me right away. I think it's pretty cool, don't you? Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. There's many other ones to use. It almost sounds like you're doing a commercial for Waze, but... but no, it's just I fascinating. Know. No, I know. The whole it is. thing it's was the roadkill that got it me. It is. And it'll say, watch out, car up ahead on the ro- on the side of the road. Yeah. Really interesting I saw things. you glazing over there. I, I love stuff like I this. Know you, you do. Know, you know Sorry, I do. Sorry, guys, if you glaze. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family 
VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, Jen's health minute then. Okay. Go after it. First of all, mm-hmm. there is a cold going around both in Canada and in Southern California, I have to say that is insane. I've more or less been sick for a month. Yeah. On and off. My mother, too. Many, many people. So, and my mother's in Canada. So, I wanted to find out what's the difference between the cold and the flu. Because most people say, oh, I had the flu. Well, this is interesting. It's from um, a medical center called Pioneers Medical Center. The cold, with a cold, a fever is rare. A fever is always present with the flu. Oh, Okay, score number one. I was not aware of that, although I was suspicious of that. A stuffy nose is always present with a cold. A stuffy nose is not common with the flu. Okay. Okay. Chills are uncommon with a cold, but chills are almost always with the flu. Hmm. Slight body aches for cold, severe aches for flu, mild tiredness, and severe tiredness for flu. So, um, what? But what I found was really interesting is that a headache is uncommon with a cold, but a headache is eighty percent common with the flu. This is where did you find this? I uh, on the internet from okay, Pioneers yeah. Medical Pioneer, Center. Uh huh. Okay. A sore throat is commonly present with a cold. Yeah. A sore throat is not present with the flu. Isn't that interesting? And finally, chest discomfort. Chest discomfort is mild to moderate with a cold, but severe with the flu. So the big thing is that I found out is if you have a fever, you probably have the flu. Okay. Okay. That is the, that's pretty much the defining symptom. If you bring it right down. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Right down. So, because a lot of people run to a doctor because with a bad cold, because they think it's the flu and they want an antibiotic. And of course, that does not help the flu. In fact, I mean, a cold, a cold is viral. Right. So, um, you kind of have to weigh up those things maybe before going to a doctor. For one thing, you don't want to go through a course of antibiotic. If you don't need it, exactly because, because it's going to be less effective. I went way, to the huh? doctor thinking I had the flu and it was a cold. Yeah, I went in looking for an antibiotic and she didn't give it to me. She Do- told me, Doctor Demanko. Mm-hmm, she told me to go home, gargle with salt, um, rest, drink plenty of fluids, and take Tylenol. Uh huh. And, and you just started up with the gargling with the the salt. In yeah, it. Does yeah. That help? And remember last? I don't know if you listened last last, last episode. episode. I talked about. Um, Oregano oil and salt. I still haven't been able to find the oregano nah, oil, but I'm doing I'm doing salt, and it works perfect. So, anyways, that is my health minute. Okay, all right. Now I have a fun fact. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Are you going to glaze over I again? Might. Are you going to glaze? Let's over Let's get to again? it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to hear the Robbie Ludwig. I do. Don't. She's so fabulous. She is fabulous. Okay, all right. Okay, trivia lovers everywhere, join me, my friends. It's you and me. Forget her. The death of Alexander the Great. <laughs> you and Mike Rowe would probably be interested. No, no, in Mike Rowe would love this. Come on the show, Mike Rowe. You're such a good guy. Anyhow, death of Alexander. 
<laughs> Alexander the Great, one of history's most famed conquerors. It's all long been a mystery. People thought he might have died of typhoid fever or malaria. Maybe alcoholism. Was he murdered? Was he poisoned? All this stuff. There's a new theory out there by Catherine Hall from New Zealand with a new possibility. She believes that a neurological disorder called, and you may have heard of this, Ghislaine Barre, or Ghislaine Barr, if you don't use the accent, aigu, uh, the syndrome, GBS, let's call it GBS. Uh, GBS may have killed the former king of Macedonia, who died in Babylon at the age of 32 in the year 323 B. Now, this is the cool thing. Alexander's body failed to show any sign of decomposition for six days after his death. Now, that obviously, where he was, is a very rare occurrence. Mm -hmm. So, her hypothesis, this is Catherine Hall, he wasn't dead. Well, that's chilly. Ugh. He wasn't dead. GBH, or GBS rather, is a condition that can cause paralysis, which typically becomes uh, GBS, like muscular weakness, pick, uh, prickling and pins and needles sensation in the fingers, toes, ankles. Then becomes, you have difficulty speaking, chewing, a rapid heart rate, trouble breathing, and severe pain. Those are the symptoms that Alexander the Great had before succumbing, or what they thought he succumbed from. So all of this went on. Now here's the thing. A very rare variant of GBS is that you're actually conscious through all of this. So your body now is completely paralyzed. Your breathing is very shallow. Your heart rate is very slowed down. Back in those days, they didn't take your pulse. They listened to see if you were breathing, and that would have been very much slowed down. So his sight would have been blurred. His blood pressure was probably so low he would have gone into a coma. But there's a chance that he was aware of his surroundings and could at least hear. So for six days, Alexander the Great, if you follow this hypothesis, he would have heard his generals arguing over the succession, and he would have heard the arrival of the Egyptian embalmers starting their work. Oh, man. That'd be a good book. Cool. If anybody writes one yeah, out there. I know. Yeah, that's great. That was interesting, actually. I did not glaze over on that one. Well, it was the it was the intensity and the clarity of my description. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, introduce well, our panel. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This is part two of our interview with Dr. Robbie Ludwig. She is the international spokesperson for Depend, and she does so much more. Welcome back, Dr. Robbie Ludwig, psychotherapist a doctorate in psychology, certificate in advanced clinical work, master's degree in social work, bachelor's degree in mass communications. And I have to start again because we have so much more, too. I mean, you've done everything, including reality shows. You are an incredible person, Dr. Robbie Ludwig, and welcome back to Wrinkled Not Dead. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I've had a very engaging and fun career. What can I tell you? I just kind of go with the flow and follow what feels right at the moment. Well, you're a very respected psychotherapist, and I think our listeners would like to know, what drew you into that field? Well, it's, uh, it, it actually came very organically and naturally. So I knew I wanted to be a therapist when I was in elementary school. Wow. It happened very young. I'll never forget it. I was walking with a friend home from school after, after a long day, and it just came to me. I enjoyed helping people. 
at the time, I felt that I was able to see things in a way that other people could not. And my family was very psychological. We loved discussing family dynamics or just psychological dynamics. And it just felt very natural. And that desire never, ever changed. It expanded, but it never changed. That was my first career goal. And, and it's been the first job that I ever had before even the TV or the writing took off. That is amazing. But And through this, you wrote a book, Your Best Age Is Now, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Yeah, you've been commenting on this a lot, Jen. Oh, I'm so glad, and I would love to hear more what resonates with you, because that's what's most interesting to me. But this was really a passion, and I wrote it based on just my own desire and noticing that our culture seemed to describe midlife in a way that was not accurate. I live in New York City, so when I look around at the women who are in this space, they're stunning. They really are. They keep their themselves fit. They are intelligent. They're engaged in life. There is nothing old ladyish about them. And um, culturally, there was this different idea that was circulating that there was some kind of expiration date that we had to somehow get used to being overlooked, that our body was deteriorating, uh, wrinkles were appearing, uh, you know, everything was falling, love was not really a possibility, that our brain was going. And in my practice, I was not seeing this either. I was seeing women really working on themselves. Some of them were late bloomers and coming into their own later in life. And I just really wanted to speak to what I was seeing and what I was noticing in the research. And there were no books out there that were speaking to these truths and combating a lot of the myths that were out there. And so that's why I wanted the book. I thought, you know what, let's make it easy for people and compile all of this new research that's positive and can be a guide. I can't be a therapist for everybody, right? So (laughs) I can't reach everyone, although I'd love to. So a book was really a way to do that, to, to offer what I was offering in my private practice and to get information out there to help people rethink this chapter in their life in a new, more positive and I felt accurate way. You talked about writing down three things that we are grateful for each day. And then including in the list one reason why I am happy to be at this age. Tell me about that. That is so, That's genius. So part of aging beautifully, and this is for any phase of life, is recognizing the beauty of where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to train our brain to think in a different kind of way and to change the script. And so I know so many people who would not change how they actually feel emotionally at this phase of life for a former phase because they've already been there. They've already been at this former phase. And so many women just feel so much more confident, and this is true of men too, 
confident about who they are. They no longer give their power away to other people to define who they are. This is, there's this inner sense of, of knowingness. And so when you write things down and whenever you repeat any action, you're reinforcing it. And we all need reinforcements. And so that's why I was providing these tools for people to use in their everyday lives to start to reinforce the beauty of where they're at. And also, for me, it's kind of reprogramming me back to the adolescent time that we talked about in the first podcast, that um, adolescents are sort of, they live in the moment and everything is possible and and we kind of lose that, do you think? We do, we do. And so there are so many similarities hormonally and, um, you know, that, that certainly mirror and parallel adolescence. And although adolescence gets a bad rap, and I certainly understand why I have two teen kids, so I certainly get the negative component of adolescent, at least when you're a parent. But the positive is there's something to be said about having a little moxie. There's something to be said about having a healthy rebellion where you just don't automatically accept what other people are telling you, and you're able to rethink what is important to you. And the biggest difference between adolescence, when you're truly an adolescent, and going through midlife, is that our idea about time and what's possible changes. And so hopefully we can get that back, because the truth of the matter is, technology is changing how we live and how we grow. We are living longer. We're, there are so many more people living well into their hundreds, right? We hear these stories all mm-hmm. the time, that if we give up on ourselves and what's possible at 40 or 50, well, that's a lot of life being wasted. So my recommendation to people in this phase of life is to get in touch with what excites you. Get in touch with the possibilities. Start saying no to things that no longer work for you and yes to yourself, yes to your purpose. And and redefine what you're all about and what you want to do. There is no expiration date on creativity. The more we create, the more creative we get. And I do think living a life well is making good choices and also living creatively. We have to be flexible, right? Things, one thing that's guaranteed is everything is always changing. Mm -hmm. So we have to adjust to those changes so we can maximize our possibilities. Did you hear about the barber that's 107 years old and he's still a barber? I mean, that's what's amazing when you talk to me about people living much older. He lives mm-hmm. alone, he drives to work, and he still works as a barber. He's been a barber for 90 years. My goodness. God bless him, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. sure that keeps him alive because who are we if we don't have a purpose? Exactly. Right? We just kind of float around in no man's land asking ourselves, who are we? Why are we here? Well, there's a reason why we are here, but it's also our responsibility to find that out. And it might be very different, that answer, you know, when you ask that same question in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, right? Each Mm -hmm. decade might be slightly different because there are different poles in our lives. So that is a really important question to ask oneself. What are my new talents and skills now? 
what has wisdom offered me and how can I continue doing what I love doing? And the wonderful thing right now is we see so many people taking a very entrepreneurial perspective or approach to living their life and saying, listen, I'm just going to take control over doing what I want to do. If I want to do a radio show, I'll do a radio show. If Mm -hmm. I want to write a book, I'll write a book. It's more of this democratic process. So really, we are expanding the different possibilities out there, the way that we can use our talent. But I think it really is important for all of us to remind ourselves, listen, what would our younger, I I ask people, I hear this question all the time, what would your older self (laughs) ask your younger self? (laughs) And, um, you know, I always have a very clear answer. I think I would learn how to handle money better because I was clueless (laughs) about that. But I think a more important question for people at this phase of life is, what would your younger self try and ask your older self? Hmm. And I'm sure the younger self would say, where's your energy? Where's your excitement? What do you want to do? Or remember you wanted to do X, Y, and Z? Is there a way to do that now? We have to continue dreaming and putting effort into our new dreams. That's what keeps us excited and engaged in life and, and, and helps us to have a healthy mindset. Well, that's what the genus for uh, Wrinkled Not Dead was, exactly that, exactly that. It was our younger selves telling us, our older selves, to get back in gear and make some changes and make it happen. But, you know, I mean, there's there's certainly a still physical decline. And, you know, I, I know I'm not the, the young buck of 25 anymore. I'm, I'm in my uh, late 60s now. And I know one thing about you as well as the introduction that I gave for you, Dr. Robbie, and that's that you are the national spokesperson for DEPEND. And we we have been focused on DEPEND for over a year, believe it or not, because we Mm. truly believe in their products and we've seen the things that DEPEND can actually do to help people live a better life. I was so thrilled to join them on their campaign of of living well. And so we know that 65 million Americans experience some form of incontinence. And for certain people, this can get them to isolate and not to engage with their friends, with their family, to go on vacation, to say yes to a lunch because of self-consciousness. And so Depend didn't want people, especially when this affects so many people, to isolate. We know that loneliness can be more dangerous than smoking cigarettes. Wow. So Depend came out with this, you know, product that is a fit flex so that using Depend is more comfortable for more sizes and more body shapes. So basically it fits like your individual underwear and people were wearing it and feeling more comfortable and feeling very confident in the product. And they were able to say yes to going on airplanes, to go to various destinations, to say yes to a luncheon with a a girlfriend in a way that they weren't able to before, just to feel confident walking around with their kids in a way that they would feel maybe fearful or self-conscious about. And in addition to that, Depend.com has real-life models, role models, who are wearing the product and enjoying the product and 
speaking to how comfortable it is. All different shapes and sizes. We see men, we see women. So there are great stories out there. Listen, we all need role models too, right? Glamorous people who are, <laughs> are dealing with leakage. And listen, the body changes. You know, the body's always changing. It always has changed ever since we're born, right? We're aging. I asked this one plastic surgeon, (laughs) we were talking about, I don't know, lifts or whatever. And I said, how long does it last? He goes, Robbie, he was a a pragmatist. He goes, Bobby, you know, as soon as you're done with the surgery, you're also aging. So you're always going to be aging. It's how well you age. And he came out with this with this comment, I thought it was so brilliant. He goes, there's no reason why you can't be the most sought-after person in the room in your 50s and beyond, the most beautiful woman in the room. And that really resonated. And handsome. I mean, we've always allowed men to be older and handsome, and I think with women, we're moving in that right direction. But, you know, there's, there's leakage, there's issues, there's hormone changes. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to embrace what's available to us so that we can continue doing what we need to do. I'm still, so okay, i got to help you. I'm still does. laughing yeah. about when you're, as soon as you're born, you're aging. I just can't help. <laughs> it's so funny. That is so, right? It's just killing and, me. And God bless, because you know, the other choice is not so great. I know, I know. It's just, it just caught my uh, sense of humor, that's for sure. That's great. I have another question that sort of I'm dealing with, and a lot of people I know would like to hear this. They call us the sandwich generation because our mm-hmm. kids are living with us longer and we're taking care of our parents and they're living much longer. Yeah. What, how yeah, do we handle no, I, this? I, I see it with, with family. I, I yeah. see it with my patients where, you know, sometimes, you know, women and men find themselves in the middle, right? They're taking yeah. care of their, their kids and then they have elderly parents who who also need them and that's can be very stressful and very challenging. And what I recommend to people who are dealing with that kind of stressor is to get involved in a group. There are so many wonderful support groups out there Mm. for people who are trying to do this balancing act. And we need support. And it was very interesting. I was once reading this fascinating article about a caregiver. And she was saying, listen, if you're expecting some kind of award, you know, for caregiving, nobody's going to give it to you. Yeah. And it was a powerful statement, and it might sound a little depressing, but it's probably just true, right? When people are in need and, and you're just giving it your all, you may not get that crown that you'd love to get. So it's very important to find a group where you can rebuild your resources so that you don't get burned out. Because I think the key is once you're burned out, then you start acting out uh, in ways that are not healthy for yourself or those around you. So there really is something to be said about keeping healthy boundaries and making choices to do what's right for you. And I'm a big believer in, in the power of group, especially a support group, if you're going through challenges. That's how we find out information. That's how we find out about our legal rights. That's how we find out about all that's available to us in the community. We should not operate our lives like a one-man band. There are companies out there. There are resources out there that truly do want to help, and it's our responsibility to align ourselves with them. 
I didn't even know there were groups like that. Oh, I didn't either. Oh, yes. That is amazing. So you just would go online, Google, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like one of the one of the groups that I recommend. This is more for mental health, but but NAMI for people who are dealing with family members who are dealing with mental health issues because they have many support groups and then they can direct you to different groups that might be or resources that might be helpful. And there are also caregiver support groups around. And you can you can look online, look at the national resources and read the comments of what people say. I mean, the nice thing about living in modern day society is we get to see what other people think. Yeah. And we can include that into the decisions that we make. You know, make sure that it's an accredited organization. Ask around before aligning yourself with any group. If you have a physician you're working with or if you're working, let's say, with your parents, physicians. Sometimes they are very knowledgeable about what groups are are good to, to align oneself with and what resources are available. But there are resources that are in place to help people who are going through almost any kind of challenge. And would that be like putting a loved one in a nursing home and how you approach that and all the challenges of that as well? Well, sure. I mean, there are... Um, there are elder attorneys who specialize in that, and there are uh, social workers who are very helpful in terms of helping family members deal with those transitions. There are books out there that also make recommendations um, for this very, you know, challenging time. Nobody wants to take a parent from their home, but sometimes that is the only option families have. And so you need to look at the finances of that. And you probably need to prepare about those things a little bit ahead of time in terms of the finances and Medicare and Medicaid and all of those things. So, I mean, that's certainly not where my talents lie. I I, I know where, <laughs> where to give advice and where not to when it comes to finances. I'm going to leave that to the experts. Exactly. But certainly... There are um, elder attorneys and, and support systems who can really help families navigate that, you know, um, those goals in a way that's healthy for the healthiest for everyone involved. That's great. I'm, I'm, I have a final question for you because I want to explore some more of what you've said today. It's been such a rich discussion, but this is a technical question, and it's um, a serious, honest question. You're saying about people opening their lives to, to new events. How difficult was it for you to write Your Best Ages Now, personally? It was not difficult. It was a joy. And it was a pleasure, and it really felt like it was a gift in my life. And I was aware every moment of how lucky I was to have this opportunity. And well, that is the honest-to-God truth. Now, I'll tell you, we are the lucky ones, and uh, we continue to enjoy your work. Dr. Robbie Ludwig, thank you so much for your time today and your expertise and talent. Thank you. As usual, a few moments with Dr. Robbie Ludwig are golden moments. Hmm? She is amazing, really. Very inspirational, and it truly, she really makes me feel that our best days are now. Mm -hmm. You know, mine, mine. Mm -hmm. And and her book is fabulous. Shall we close out episode number 100 with a quote? Absolutely. we We started, I think, the first show we had quotes, didn't we? At the end? We did. I don't remember, (laughs) quite honestly. A hundred. Okay, but here's a good one for you. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. 
George Bernard Shaw. Oh, I like that. And that goes along with what Dr. Ludwig said, Mm -hmm. is that you just need to embrace life. Mm -hmm. Don't go along with the whole thing that we're getting old and we can't do anything. I agree. We're just getting started. Yeah. So I'm going to end this on an excellent quote. This is one of my favorites, and I think it just sort of pulls everything together from today. Okay. Do not regret getting older. It's a privilege denied to many. Go out there and get what you want. Embrace life. Because you know what? We're all in this together. 